I'm going to talk today about when Jesus sang. And this is something I personally have never heard preached on. And I think we're missing a big, important point, particularly with what God is doing in Ireland right now, because we're in a new day. So I'm going to look at when Jesus sang. And he didn't just sing a song, something powerful happened when Jesus sang. We're going to look at that in a moment, but you know, last Sunday we were looking at what I call wind shift, when we saw that just as physically in the summertime, the air is coming more and more from the south, it's blowing in, we're getting warmer and drier summers in Ireland because climate is getting warmer. And we saw, and I was chatting to Majek, how there are vineyards opening and growing all over Ireland now. And a lot of the time they need to bring in imported seedlings to start the vineyard. Now, when we saw it, we looked at how in uh, the book of Corinthians it says, first in the physical, then in the spiritual. First in the physical, then in the spiritual. And just as the weather is getting warmer here and the wind has changed, so spiritually something new is happening. And there are spiritual vineyards popping up and God has moved people here from all over the world for such a time as this. Would anyone say amen? amen. Because God is using and blessing people, both local and those who've joined, because he's doing something wonderful and new. So, something is happening, something is changing. Equally, uh, you'd want to be living on the moon if you didn't realize there is an energy crisis happening. And with this energy crisis, Ireland will have to rely more and more on wind energy and less and less on imported fuels. Because if we don't, we're going to have electricity cutouts in the winter. And spiritually, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is like a wind, doesn't it? And first in the physical, then in the spiritual. And if we can tap into the power of the Holy Spirit and what he's doing in this new day, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And this isn't Tom Burke. This is lots of people all over this land saying something has shifted. Let's awaken our souls to what it is. We can sit in the darkness of our lives and curse the darkness, or we can say, I am going to tune in and harness the power of this new wind that is blowing in my life. Hallelujah. So which are we going to do? Because I am convinced, convinced that when Jesus sang is a word for today. And when Jesus sang is teaching us one of the ways that you and I can have a much better autumn and winter and spring than we would otherwise have. I'm going to be looking at Matthew 26 to get the full benefit, you need to read that chapter, in particular, 33 verses, and that is verse 17 to 50. There's a verse for every year our Lord lived. But to get the full benefit, you need to feed yourself at home. But I'm going to look at it now, and I'm going to go straight into a verse, but I'm going to begin by praying. Will you stand with me? 
And I'm going to ask and ask the Lord that none of our minds would wander. Is that a good prayer? Yes. yes. And that none of our hearts would go cold. Amen. So we pray, Lord Jesus, that your word would feed us, would challenge us, would instruct us, and would bring us forward. We pray for an increase in faith over the next half an hour. And we ask you, Lord, that we would leave here stronger than the way we came in. Lord, what is from you, let it register and remain with us forever. And whatever is just from me, let that be quickly forgotten. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's take our seats. I'm going to go straight into the heart of what I want to say today. Here's the verse. At the end of the meal, Jesus and his disciples sang a worship song, and then they went out to Gethsemane. Matthew, this chapter in Matthew, bridges the Last Supper with the Garden of Gethsemane, known as the Passion of Christ, the Agony in the Garden. And this bridge is the song that links the Last Supper to the Garden of Gethsemane. Because it does, we really should take notice of it. And here we see that at the end of the meal, Jesus and the disciples sang a worship song. Now, we know um, that Jesus was the leader. He was the one who organized this Passover meal. He was known in uh, Roman culture as the Patronus. And so he was looking after it all. So he was leading the meeting. So you're coming in to the meeting that Jesus is leading. But look at the context of Jesus leading the worship at this meeting. We know from John 13, 21, he arrived in deeply troubled. He wasn't in great form coming in to sing and to worship God. He was deeply troubled. Maybe you are. Perhaps the person sitting next to you is deeply troubled and nobody knows. God knows. Jesus came in deeply troubled. Not a great way to start the meeting, you think. He knew he was going to be betrayed by his friends. Matthew 26, 23. Not just Judas Iscariot, but even Peter was going to deny him. And all those other men who he had poured his time, his life, his energy into, all of them ran. The big, hairy, brave men were like tiny little schoolgirls running for fear of their lives with the exception of the youngest, which was John the Beloved. He was the only one who stayed by the cross. So he knew they were all going to run out on him. That's not a nice feeling. And maybe someone has betrayed you. A husband? A wife? A mother? Father, son, daughter, friend, that really hurts. It really hurts if you felt betrayed. Well, Jesus knew what it felt like to be betrayed. What's more, he knew it was about to happen as he was leading worship in this meeting. We know that he foretold his death, John 13, 18. He knew he was about to die. Perhaps there's one or two here who know that their death isn't far off. This word is for you as well. I have sat with people as they died. And you know, I remember sitting with one lady, and even though she, the cancer was riddled in her body, 
It was over in the Mercy Hospital here. She praised God. She left this life praising God. Now you can leave this world screaming. Or you can leave this world praising God. Which would you choose to do? That's too heavy. Well, we're all going to die, aren't we? So isn't it better to be prepared? Praise God. He foretold his death so he knew what was about to happen. And that really puts a donor on any meeting. And what's more, he knew that when he went into the Garden of Gethsemane, three different times he asked the Father, Lord, would you take the suffering from me, yet not my will but yours be done. And he knew God wouldn't answer his prayers. And maybe you've come in here today and you're saying, God hasn't answered my prayers. I've asked him again and again. You know, prayer isn't a gimmick. Jesus was the perfect man. If anyone should have had an answered prayer, he should have had an answered prayer. I've been with people and they said, well, I prayed once, God didn't answer the prayer, I'm done with him. You know, good luck. Off you go. Is it really that shallow? Is it really that short? Is your patience so thin? Jesus had every right to be answered, but the Heavenly Father knew there was something greater going on. So he didn't answer Jesus' prayer. So all of these things were going on in this situation, this live gathering, something maybe a little bit like here today, and yet Jesus sang. Well, we so often don't feel like singing. If anyone should have felt not like singing, it should have been Jesus. And yet he sang. And yet he praised God. This is powerful because this is showing us the way, the rhythm, the path that God wants you and me to take. Because when Jesus sang, something happened. And remember he was leading. Now I remember years ago um, going to a house group and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the leader there was a moody guy. And if he came in and he was in bad mood, it was a terrible meeting. And if it was in good mood, then we were allowed to praise God. His emotions dictated the atmosphere of that Christian gathering. Human emotions should never dictate a spiritual atmosphere. Would anyone say amen to that? If I or Michael are in bad form, that has nothing to do with what God wants to do here. And if a human being tries to control the atmosphere by their moods, they need to stop being a leader. Would anyone say amen? Because that's manipulation. And it's wrong. And you know, it cheapens and it reduces people's experience of the presence of God. So Jesus did not allow his emotions to dictate what was about to happen. Now, you might say, and I used to think, I remember when I read this verse as a young Christian, I remember thinking, yeah, that's a lovely, lovely verse. And I remember a bunch of us met for a meal as young Christians, and we had a nice meal together. Someone shared a verse from the Bible, someone else said a prayer, and then we all sang our favorite worship song, and we went home and we went to bed. And I used to kind of think of this verse a little bit like that. You know, a bunch of friends and they sang a song, that's lovely. Oh, no, 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 no. That is called reductionism. That is taking something powerful in scripture and reducing it 
to something that it's not. Something powerful happened when Jesus sang. If only we knew the song he sang. Yeah. Ho, ho, hey, hey. <laughs> baby, baby. We know what Jesus sang. Remember, this is the very end of what we call Judaism. So Jesus was about to die on the cross. When he died on the cross on Calvary, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, signifying that this was from God. It was the end of the era of Judaism. Christianity was about to begin. Some Christians tell us we should be Jews. You're not a Jew. You're a Christian. Would anyone say amen? amen? You're not called to be a Jew. You're not called to live under the Old Testament law. You and I are a new people. We are the new Israel. It used to be the old temple that was a building, but we are the living temple. Hallelujah. The person next to you is a living stone, just like you are. We are the new temple. But this was the end of the Jewish era and Jesus honored and obeyed what Jews did. So what did he do? He sang the song from the Psalms that always happened at the end of the Passover meal. It was known as the Great Hallel. And Hallel is where we get the word? Hallelujah. hallelujah. Anyone know what Hallelujah means? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You, know, you might think Hallelujah, is that some... African word or an American word. No, it's a Hebrew word. It means praise the Lord. So the great Hallel was taken from a couple of Psalms, particularly Psalm 118, and particularly the chorus would be this. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. You see, when you see that this is what Jesus sang, we can see he wasn't singing a song of resignation. He wasn't singing a song about his struggle. He wasn't singing a song of mourning. And all those, like John shared earlier, are very valid. But here in this situation, Jesus sang a song of praise. It was praising God. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. He is good. You're about to die. He is good. All your friends are going to betray you. He is good. You're going to have a whole load of unanswered prayer. He is good. You came into the meeting and you're really low. He is good. Yes, he is good. Amen. Yes, he is good. Amen. It is not dependent on our feelings. Faith is the opposite of feelings. Faith is when we make a decision. It's a choice. Did you know love is the same? I love you, baby, I feel it, until I don't feel it, baby, and then I go on to the next baby. No, love is a choice. The deepest form of love is when we go beyond our emotions. Faith is where we make a decision, and then the feelings follow. Hallelujah. Sometimes the feelings are there when we do make it, but you and I are far deeper than just our emotions. And we need to challenge ourselves and say, am I a prisoner of what I feel? And if I'm up, I'm up. If I'm down, I'm down. Really? Now, maybe it's a bit easier for me because on one level, I am personally very emotional. On another level, I'm not. 
But I know what the scripture says and while the scripture understands and God is an emotional God and he gets it, yet we make a choice. Jesus was intentional. Even though as a human being he was low, he chose to praise God. And here is what I really want you to take into your heart. This is not me talking. I know this is God talking. I'm not saying I'm God. I'm just saying this is what the Holy Spirit is saying. Praise, brothers and sisters, is a weapon. And we can determine the winter ahead if we use the weapon. We can determine how we are going to live the next six months. Just like if ESP networks, or air grid I should say, don't use the wind energy to power our homes and give us the power for the light, hello, for the heat and the warmth. So if we don't praise God, when we face challenges in the months ahead, then we are missing out. We are not tapping into this wind shift, this new thing God is doing. When we praise God, something happens. It's a weapon. Why would we not use the weapon God has given us? He wants us to use the weapons. It's singing, but it's also our words. You know what Ephesians 6.12 says, we don't fight against flesh and blood. No, our battle is against spiritual principalities and powers. I don't know if there's such a thing. Oh, there's such a thing. Oh, I look into some people. So it's when I'm speaking to them out in, in the world and you can just see there's a power in that person's life and it's not for good. I can see it in some people who rule with power. Mm-hmm. Our battle is spiritual and it's your own emotions and my emotions, it's our marriages, it's our children, it's our job, our study, our health. There is a battle going on. And the thing is, what happens when you and I intentionally say, I'm going to praise God? Well, Psalm 22, 3 tells us, You are holy, Lord, you who inhabit the praises of Israel. Israel today is the people of God. That's, it's a symbol for today of all the people who love the Lord. Look what it says. When we praise God, he inhabits our praises. Now, wherever you're from, whether you're from over the road here like me, or you've come from the other end of the world, we are all right now inhabiting in Ireland. This is our habitation. You're here. Did you know that? Okay, six people know they're in Ireland. Yay! We're here. When we praise God, whether you do it as an individual, or a couple, or a family, or we do it as a church community, God comes down. He inhabits. He starts moving. He starts healing. You see, on one level, we take our eyes off ourselves and we lift our eyes onto God. So instead of the struggle or the emotion I've got or whatever, the pressure and the stress, and these are all very real, we're not denying that, but we take our eyes off that and we start praising Him. And something shifts. Look, I'm talking with 42 years of experience. When I hit hard times, I thank God. I don't like the hard times, but I say, praise you, God. You're up to something good. There's something bigger and better going on here. I don't get it right now, but one day I will. 
And so my attitude changes. And when my attitude changes, I begin to look on him. So instead of looking in, I look up. Can I encourage you and challenge you? If you choose to praise God and you start looking up, God's presence will come into your situation. He'll come. That's why when we're singing here earlier and we're praising God, you know, every now and again someone says, here you get too excited altogether. Grand, you know, but you get excited at a football match and is that going to change the world? I don't think so. You get excited when your political party wins a seat in the parliament. Is that going to change the world? No, it's not. You get excited when you get some extra money. I'm delighted, but you know, is that going to change the world? No, it's not. But when we praise God, God's presence, how often we felt it here come out. How often we've seen healings break out. How often we've seen people with tears in their eyes. People giving their lives to Jesus. Intergenerational transformation. And it begins by praising God and thanking him. We are the temple today. You and I are the living stones. But when they had a physical temple, look at what it says in 2 Chronicles 5. When the singers lifted up their voices, accompanied by all the musical instruments, and when they praised the Lord, declaring, look what they were singing, He is good and His love endures forever. Then the house of the Lord was filled with the cloud of God's glory even the presence of the Lord so that the temple priests could not even stand because of the presence of the Lord that filled the temple you should feel free here if God moves upon you to fall on your knees honestly brothers sisters if we're so self-conscious something is wrong we shouldn't be conscious of other people here like that. If God is moving, fall on your knees. And, and these guys, some of them, it was the power of God. They literally could not stand. They were, in a wonderful way, overwhelmed by the presence of God. And if that happened in the Old Testament, which was a lot rougher than now, how much more the New Testament? Hallelujah. It says... When they lifted up their voice and sung, when they praised the Lord, singing, He is good and His love endures forever, then the house of the Lord was filled with the cloud of God's glory, even the presence of the Lord. Where Jesus is, this was an old hymn I used to sing in 1980, where Jesus is, it's heaven there. When the presence of Jesus is with you, whatever you're going through, You've got something of heaven Amen. here on this earth. Amen. You're going to the doctor and you're concerned. If God's presence is with you, you have peace. Amen. You're struggling with an issue in your family. Bring God into it. You're wondering, how can I pay that bill? Bring the bill before the Lord. Give it over to him and thank him and praise him that he's going to do something wonderful. I'm hoping soon and very soon to introduce a couple who've had this just work out in a miraculous way in their lives and I want to interview them over the next few months from the church here this is a testimony again and again we hear look at what it says in Psalm 96 sing to the Lord a new song sing to the Lord all the earth sing and praise his name 
proclaim his salvation day after day, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among the peoples, for great is the Lord. He deserves our praise. Hallelujah. So brothers and sisters, does God deserve your praise? We're not sure? Does God deserve your praise? Yes. Hallelujah. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good as love endures forever. We're going to pray for the children going back to school in a little while, but we're going to take five more minutes. Are you up for that? Yes. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read out some words from Psalm 118 and you respond with his love endures forever. Now, years ago I was at a wedding, a day of joy, and the guy leading the wedding, he said, the Psalm today is 118. And then he said, and here is it said, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And everyone said, his love endures forever. And the response is, his love endures forever. His love endures forever. I thought they were saying, we're having chicken for dinner. We're having chicken for dinner. It was dead. So I challenge you, when we say this, and I'm only taking five very short things, we'll only take one minute, that you say his love endures forever with a bit of passion. Amen. And that you and I praise God, change the atmosphere, and bring something of that atmosphere of praise with us into the week ahead. Would you stand up, guys? In case you forget the words, hear the words. They're very, very easy. And here we go before we sing our final song, which is called Praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Are we ready? Yes. To the one who does mighty miracles. His love endures forever. Hallelujah. There's great enthusiasm at the top. I need to hear it from the back as well. Okay, next one. He remembers us in our weakness. His love endures forever. Lift your hands up Hallelujah. if you want. Declare it to God. The one who saves us from the enemy. His love endures forever. Do you hear that witness of hundreds of other people declaring it? The one who gives us food every day. His love endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. 